Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. It's time for a change. Yeah. Whoa! Change, <laughs> change is in the air, everybody. Uh, so this episode of American Brews and Tunes is a special one. It is another first for us. Yes, it is. is. Very, very exciting. Now, I know that at the end of last episode, we said that we were going to be releasing another of our one-off episodes, in particular, the album that was recommended by Nathan Heemstra, which is called Clean Up by the Band Sun Life. Yeah, Sun Life. Opposite, opposite. It's the album right. Sun Life by the Band, band Clean Up. Yes, Apologies. Yes. Um, we actually already have that one recorded, and we're going to bump that to next week in honor of this very special episode that we're about to release for you today. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited uh, for this episode. Um, we got the opportunity to sit down with the two head brewers of Hollow Point Brewing right here in Nashville. Yeah. They're a fairly, uh, fairly new brewery uh, that uh, we had a little bit of knowledge about, but we reached out to them and asked if they'd be willing to do an interview. And, and they said lo and yes. behold, they said yes. Um, so just a couple of notes about this, uh, about this episode. Uh, sound quality is going to be just a little bit different. Uh, because the room we normally record in was not the room we, we recorded in. Yeah, for this it, was, one. it was a big echoey room, so there's a little yeah. little bit of a little bit natural, of natural echo. Yeah, not too bad. Reverb. Not not too bad. Uh, and since we had four people instead of two, it was difficult with the one microphone, but that's okay. Yeah, so, I think uh, we we made sure that you could definitely hear uh, Tyler and John from Hollow Point a little bit better than myself and Jesse because yeah. their information is more exciting than our questions, I guess. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Um. But. I was. I'm very happy with this episode. I am uh, too. There's a lot of great content here. So if you're interested in craft beer at all, or maybe the process a brewer goes through, this will be a good episode yeah. for you and to listen to. It's just really nice to hear some people who are really passionate about what they do. Yes. And these guys definitely are. Um, so look at our website. We've got some cool. We're going to post the artwork for the uh, the two brews that Hollow Point does. And uh, be sure to follow them on social medias. And if you listen to the episode, they say it again. But check out their Instagram. They are more active on there. Uh, and I believe over the next week or two, they're going to have a special release of a Maybach at the pharmacy in Nashville. Yep. So be sure to follow their Instagram and be sure to follow the pharmacy's uh, social media medias and whatnot. Just to, so you don't miss out on that because it's going to be an awesome event, everybody. Yes. Come on now. So without further to do, or is it adieu? Adieu. Without but, further adieu. But I guess without further to do also Why works. is it adieu? I don't know. Without further adieu. Without further adieu. 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 <laughs> anyway, without further to do or adieu, whatever you're, how you're feeling uh, right now, you can choose. Uh, choose now. Yeah. Choose whatever you want. Adieu or to do. But anyway, without further to do well there's gonna be one thing for further to do the okay. theme song so oh, enjoy yeah. our theme song and then enjoy the episode Whoa! and as always thanks for listening yeah thanks here's a theme song you know it's not a mean song it's a good song just as it should song American brews and tunes Hello and welcome to another episode of American Brews and Tunes. Tonight is a very special night. Right, Steve? Yeah, I'd say so. It's a very special night. This is a first for American Brews and Tunes. Yes, and a good first at that. So we've got some guests on this episode. We're going to interview a local brewery, Hollow Point Brewery, and with us we have Tyler. And John. And John. Yes. The, the brewers, owners, founders, uh, all of the above, and probably even more. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about their brewery, how they got started, 
And we're going to be trying. We're going to be trying their two beers they currently have out right now. So we'll review those for you guys. Yes, and it'll be really great because then you guys can tell us all about them whenever we try. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Really, it's our pleasure. Um, all right, so first we're having the uh, your Kolsch that you yep. just released, right? Yep. This was keg two days ago. Keg so two it's, days it's ago, okay. Fresh as it gets. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I guess the, the first thing to talk about, well, before we get into your history, I guess we'll review the beer. Um, I know you do German-style beers. What's the, what's the inspiration behind that? Right, so we, at the moment, we have two beers, and they both are German beers. I think that ultimately we're going to, we're going to consider ourselves continental beer brewers. So okay. Well, German, Belgian, and English style beers are really our forte. Okay. At the moment, uh, we've got two German style beers, like I said, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to stick in that vein. Mm-hmm. Although our third one is also going to be a German beer too, which is already okay. in the tanks. It's lo- <laughs> it's lagering, and it'll be ready on May first. A little sneak peek. Which so, is, do you want to do you want to say what that is, or uh, I would? Yeah, absolutely. Or, uh, what's, what's it going to be? It's a Maybach. And, oh, awesome! Yeah. So, and, and it's actually we're we're brewing this one uh, in collaboration with the pharmacy in East Nashville. Oh, oh really? Okay, very yeah. cool. So, this is going to be a beer brewed with them and for them, and they're going to have it on there. And um, it's probably going to be a limited release. Probably, okay. Probably do it once and then um, talk about. See how it goes. Uh, yeah. It's a good place yep. to do a collaboration with because I know they like the German style. Oh, yeah. So be in Park Beer Garden and whatnot. It's a good right, beer garden yeah. beer, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so to, to answer the question about the inspiration, uh, our heritage is German. We have a German, our last name is Ottwein, right? So okay. We have, we have only, there's only one Ottwein family, and there's the American side and the German side, who actually I just got the pleasure to visit recently. So Yeah, I saw that on uh, your Instagram page. Right. That, must, that must have been pretty cool. It was awesome. So uh, we're deeply rooted in German culture. John's been how many times? Ten times. Ten times. Okay. I, I just went awesome. my seventh time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's not all beer research. We like uh, <laughs> we like the whole culture. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of what happened personally for me anyway is that when you know you first start drinking craft beer and mm-hmm. figuring out what it, what it's all about right and kind of going through the, the motions and, and of discovering different beers and stuff I, I I didn't start with with German and Europe with German specific styles I kind of started in a, a Belgian okay kind yeah, of phase yeah. and then I, and then I, and then I went through a bunch of different uh, interests and started brewing different styles and stuff like that and uh, basically I've come back around to German beers as being something that is the most in- inspirational to me personally okay. and, and so um, so yeah it's just it's, it's what is the for me it's what I want to drink a right and I, I think that they're some of the most difficult and subtle beers. At least in Germany, they've got the purity laws. Mm-hmm. So they yes. having the, the confines of only being able to use the it, uh, water, yeast, um, malted barleys, and, and hops, right. nothing else. So you've you got to find ways to make that everything clean and, and make it stand out somehow. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's you know what? It's mostly technique that mm-hmm. makes, yeah. that makes mm-hmm. yes. German breweries stand out yeah. from others. Yeah, that that's that's a fact. Because uh, when you yeah, so they they were you know restricted. You know, back in the day, hundreds of years ago, and so they really focused on what can what can we take these these four ingredients and or five ingredients rather, and uh, how can we do this 
the best possible way and right. make it better than the next guy because we can only use these things. Yeah. And yeah. so and so they had to really really uh, hone in and refine that have that the technique. Best ingredients, that, that's right. Yeah. Have the best techniques. Never. Yeah. Germans yeah. have been have been really uh, concerned with quality for such a long time. So long so that that the original German purity law or Bavarian purity law mm-hmm. did not mention yeast because they didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, and they were already writing laws about how you can make beer and how you can't. So, yeah, definitely a rich history yeah. in uh, no, brewing in Germany. No doubt about that. Yeah, so um, that's, that's something that we're proud to try to take over here a little bit. You know, there are some German styles make, you know, made in America, but I feel like it's underrepresented for how how culturally important it's been in beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so we're excited to sort of bring a Munich Dunkel made the classic way, you know, and bring a, a Kolsch now. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like John said, we're going we're gonna to launch a Maybach soon. And we're, mm-hmm. we're excited to do those without, without adding anything crazy or, or doing anything nuts Doing any, to, like, the know, gimmicks like, or we, we anything want, like that. We want a, a pure expression of what German malted barley can taste like and German right. and German noble hops mm-hmm. I, I you know I, I really what I'm looking forward to and this hasn't happened yet is I want a German person to drink my beer and say this passes the that's exactly right and so that's what we want to that's what we want to happen we want this to be as true to style as possible mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. we want it to work over there and we want it to work over here. Right. And being in Nashville, I bet you you've got a pretty good chance of having some, being, Nashville being a touristy place, I, having someone from Germany come over here. I promise you somebody from Germany's had one. I just don't know about yeah, it. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm one just of these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the one day where I'm at a bar and there's a guy drinking my beer, speaking German to yeah. his wife or whatever, that's going to be like, that'll be like the, the I can't best wait. I can't, I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That would really mean a lot to me. That would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, from, from my understanding, at least uh, going back to the, the, the first beer we're having here, the yep. Kolsch, I really don't know too terribly much about Kolsch's other than I know they're brewed in, uh, brewed in Cologne. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's their, I don't know, like it's their, their local style of beer. Yeah. Uh, like their alt beers from Dusseldorf, I believe. Yep. Correct. That's right. Dusseldorf, yep. uh, Kolsch's Cologne, or yep. Cone. Cone. Yeah. 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 Got those umlauts. I only know what they taste like. Uh, they're usually really lovely. Kind of light and crisp, um, and they're very subtle. Uh, but yeah. Other than that, I don't know too terribly much yeah. about. Uh, that's Kolsch. that's the beauty of Kolsch too. Is it's a difficult style to brew because it is subtle. It's very subtle, mm-hmm. but it's but it's at the same time a complex beer. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of different parts at play, but they they not not one of them smacks you in the face. You know, that's yeah. the nice part about Kolsch. they meld really well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. From getting a little. A little of the, uh, the the smell on here. I'm getting a little bit of the sweetness from the malts is what I'm, I'm picking up. Oh yes, yep. there's, there's a the little bready, a little bready tone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it definitely smells very good. Mm-hmm. And that beer is 95 percent uh, German malted Pilsner malt, and that's where all that bready sort of sweetness mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. from. And that's that's one of the most delicious parts about not only that beer, but you know, a lot of German lagers is yeah. that yeah. is that bready German malt. Yeah, it definitely smells that's very refreshing. Ex- that's exactly what you don't get with most American beers. Yeah, yes. American beers, you know, uh, even the lighter beers that are meant to slam are generally either hop forward or, you well, know, or some sort of longer. spice forward or something, you know, right. whatever, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but having malt be the star of the show, 
it's got to be some good malts. Yes, to, that's 100% yeah, it's right. It's got to be yeah. good malt, and, and when it is, there's something sort of romantic and enchanting about right. malt. Mm-hmm. Malt is, is this mysterious ingredient that is just so old and so wholesome and hearty. I just yeah. I love malt. Yeah. And, and brewing a couple of malt style, malt forward styles to begin was like right in my wheelhouse. That's, yeah. what, I, that's yeah. what I love to drink. I mean, Very that cool. is the backbone of any beer, so if you don't have a good malt, you got to find some way to either cover it up or lead it in a different direction. So by putting that up front, it's got to be good. Yeah, it's that's good. exactly right. And, yeah, and, and, and everything in this beer, uh, like he mentioned earlier, is uh, Fireman uh, Pilsner malt. It's, mm-hmm. it's the best you can buy. And it comes in 55-pound yeah. sacks from Germany. And uh, the hops are all German as well. They're all Hollertau hops. And the the remaining part of the grist is a, is a wheat malt. We got about five percent wheat malt in there too. And uh, but yeah, so you know, so in this kind of style, there's no reason to take a risk on using malt that you don't 100 percent believe in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And if we were brewing an IPA, you know, we we might you don't. You <laughs> yes. might get away with the hops are the stars in IPAs. So yes, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know. I think it's important that people understand as well that like once we've once we've gotten on our feet a little bit and we've we've grown and we've got a, a brick and mortar spot, we will be brewing American styles as okay, well. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not at all that we are limiting ourselves off the bat. Yeah, we want to leave room for creativity, but right now we're being very deliberate with with every release. Yeah. Right, we I, want I feel like everything that's a... to. to to build a certain kind of portfolio yeah. and for our brand to make sense to people yeah. mm-hmm. rather than rapid fire slinging beer styles out into the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of brand, how did you guys come up with Hollow Point? Right, so so that's a, a story that would be better told by our partner Roger, but okay. here's the gist. Uh, he worked in Hollywood, an audio engineer? He's a music editor. Yeah. Music okay. editor? Yeah. Works on films and a lot of films and TV shows, shows you've heard of. Okay. Like, uh, the blacklist. Yeah, was okay, okay, wow, wow. Yeah, he did and, Atomic Blonde, and, and he worked. Uh, he worked. Of, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, he's pretty That's big credits. Yeah, so he's our he's our, uh, our, our the president of the brewery. He's our he's okay. our th- he's our third uh, partner. Just Tyler, Roger, and me, and that and that's it. And so Roger uh, had a good relationship with his boss. He was a, he was a good friend, and his boss had a little music editing company called Hollow Point. With, okay, with an E at the end, and he never would tell anybody why there was an E on it. He was mm-hmm. like a, a he was a cryptic guy. <laughs> well, he he passed away, so it's a little bit oh, okay. of, a, of a sort of. It's an honor. It's, yeah. he's honoring his his, his buddy and his so and, and his, and his old colleague. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So when people ask us why is there an E on the end, we will never divulge the answer. But okay. You guys, do you know? <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, okay. We <laughs> so never told time, anyone. We never told uh, anyone. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Okay. But but we yeah. do we do. Think of it with the e at the end. We do think of it as like a, a place. Yes, it becomes more okay, of a place. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a sort of a, in my mind, sort of a, a serene place. Okay, yeah. nice, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Before we go any further, I know you, you've already finished uh, your beer, John. Yeah. You've got a little bit left, Tyler. But we we like to do a little little saying, a little motto when we cheers our. Oh beers. yeah. So <laughs> on our show, uh, our coach, maybe we can do that real quick. Yes. Yeah, sounds good. We, um, we invented a word that we, we cheers with, uh, and I'll let Jessica. Uh, <laughs> uh, the word is shibbity bipu dao. I don't know how um, you came up with. We were just. I don't really know either. We were, we're just, just uh, rambling. We were recording with one of our bands, and he was just talking to the microphone and. 
And that, was, that was my check word, stuff. apparently. So that became, became our cheers. Um, we say that every episode. That's sort of my, like, when I'm doing scat jazz. That's sort yeah. of yeah. Like, Shibbity. Ch- 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 yeah. I think that's what you were doing. Maybe. Probably, yeah. Uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Doug, you know. Doug? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> Gosh. Well, let's we'll um, give a little cheers here and then talk about the taste of the beer, maybe. Yeah, sounds good. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, so why don't you guys tell us what we should be tasting in this beer? I think you kind of already touched on it at the beginning of the episode a little bit. Uh, you said bready, like bready malts. Um, that's pretty much. I'll, 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 how about this? I'll lead with the ingredients. And okay. What the ingredients taste like individually because everybody tastes things differently, and I don't okay. like. I don't that's like. A good, to, that's a good point. I don't like to palate bully people into <laughs> tasting what I taste. You don't right, taste this. Right, right. <laughs> but I'll give you a quick rundown of the. Um, Ingredients involved and what those should lend to a beer. Okay, what that, brewers expect out of them. That's perfect. Ninety-five percent of the grist is uh, Weirman Pilsner malt, okay. which is about the palest base malt that you can find. And grist is just your, your bill of your grains, correct? Yes, okay. yes. Grist is just it makes us sound cooler than. It's that. By using those words, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now you know you're talking to a brewer. <laughs> Yeah, worked. worked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, see, you guys are there. We've, we've, we've done, one. we've done some Just home brewing, but like that's about it. Um, and so, the other five percent is uh, white wheat, and mm. we, I think we touched earlier on what Pilsner malt tastes like a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, it's, it's a light breadiness, uh, but it's it's really a subtle um, malt, but it somehow in a glass it packs a, a nice. Punch a bready, sweet mm. sort of uh, flavor. Yeah. How, how common is it to use a, a, a wheat in a non-wheat beer? If that makes sense, yeah. or if that's not a dumb question. So uh, <laughs> it, it is. It is common to use a little bit of wheat in a uh, in a Kolsch, and even Cologne breweries will use up to fifteen or twenty percent. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but so. Just to backtrack, we were talking about the uh, purity law a little yes. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And according to the purity law, if you make a wheat beer in Bavaria, it's got to be at least 50% wheat. Okay. That law doesn't apply in Cologne. So they can just use, you know, 5 10%, whatever mm-hmm. amount. Oh, okay, of so that, that's what really differentiates between the different areas in Germany. Well, it's one of the things that makes the, the variance, you know, possible region to region. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, 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 because, I mean, they, they actually had to revise that. That law, because it basically said that if you do a Hefeweizen or something like that, then yeah. it doesn't it doesn't adhere to the purity law. Therefore, you can't brew it. So they finally said, well, it's a traditional style. You can will make an, an exception, exception for, for wheat. Okay, That's yeah, fair but yeah. So wheat wasn't just like out of left field. It is it right. Is, it is a traditional it's ingredient. Oh, absolutely. To use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and that's it for malt. Nothing. Nothing to it. It's a really simple uh, grain bill, and it's a really stunningly malt forward style and it's really yeah. it's really like a celebration of malt right now if you compared it to hellas it's a lot more bitter um okay but, but yeah because the, the, the hellas lagers they mm-hmm. they have that sweetness to them yes yeah and this is, I'm, I'm getting a sweetness from this from the malts but mm-hmm. not like not like i would for for hellas yeah it's definitely yeah, a very different is, sweetness you know, the, the difference is that in Hellas, you've got basically the same grist. Probably it's 100% Pilsner malt, mm-hmm. but it's not balanced back by as much hops as what we have here. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, we we have. I would say that um, there is definitely a little bit more in this one in particular. There's a little bit more bitterness than uh, than you would normally find. This okay. one's yeah. twenty five. Mm-hmm. IBUs. IBUs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow, that's actually more than I, I would have guessed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, it's amazing what balanced beer tastes like. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, I, I catch a little bit of the bitterness, but I wouldn't guess 25. Mm-hmm. What it does for yeah. us is cleans up the palate and yeah. it makes it a little more refreshing beer that you could drink more of. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it balances it so well that you can just like guzzle it, you know. Yeah. I, I find myself having to kind of like hold back a, a little bit because, I mean, that that there's a, there's a hop flavor in there that's very, very subdued. But it just balances the whole thing out, rounds it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for this, sure. This is a winner in my book. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I say so as well. I mean, it's got a lot of. I'd say it's a really good, refreshing, crisp beer. You could have this. You could have this indoors any time of the year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, we'd like to get into cans here, you know, pretty soon, and yeah, take it out on the boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That was right. One we have for you if you guys had plans to, to can. To can our bottle. Initially, our, our, our plan is to bottle soon. Okay. Uh, really soon. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's, like easy, it's easier for us weeks. with our setup okay, right now, and, and we're of course brand new. Yes. Yeah, we're not, yeah. We're not loaded with money right now, right? And, so and right. we're doing your, what we can do. Your operation started. Our first keg was sold December fifteenth of twenty seventeen. Oh wow, so that's, that's very soon, very less recent. than a half year. Yeah. yeah. No, far less. I mean, I would four, say that four, four months. months. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and this, uh, yeah, really new. This Kolsch is the first beer we've released since that day. So we only have two beers. Wow. Right? Yeah. And this was released uh, Friday to a couple of bars, and it will be released on Monday to the rest. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, this we're we are really. Babies, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for any of our listeners who are in Nashville, uh, where can they find your beer? Yeah, so we tr- we try to maintain between fifteen to twenty five counts at a time, mm-hmm. and uh, right now some of the some of the ones that come to mind, you can find the Dunkel at Pharmacy in mm-hmm. East Nashville, um, Von Elrods right by the Sound Stadium, the Flying Saucer carries both the Dunkel and the Kolsch. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, John? Smoker's Abbey in East Nashville on Gallatin Pike and, uh, has both beers uh, currently. And you can right. always you can always find the Dunkel at Five Points Pizza. Mm-hmm. Very and, cool. And by the way, that is an incredible pizza beer. <laughs> yes, it wasn't really brewed to go with pizza, but it, <laughs> but it works. Sure, though. seems like it. Man, it, yeah. it, it works great with the with the like the chewy crust of that pizza. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It, it goes really good with a bratwurst, I can tell you that. Yeah. Because I did have it at Von Elrod's. Yeah. I had a full liter of that one. Oh, yeah. Part of the reason, yeah. Very nice. Part yeah. of the reason for launching with a Dunkel was, was for its food versatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it was seasonally appropriate as well, and um, it, it just happens to be one of our favorite types of beer. And mm-hmm. so, and we wanted, it, it was sort of deliberate. We didn't, we wanted to make a statement with our first beer that, hey, we're not doing another IPA. And, right, right. You know, and we wanted to, we wanted to make a, just, just like kind of make a statement that this is what we're, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do and we're not taking the, the most, uh, maybe the, the, the road most traveled and we're kind of, uh, we're yeah we're trying to right. trying to stand uh, apart and, mm-hmm. and and just let everybody know that you know this is this is what we're all about and we're not following right. we're not following trends like, yeah, and trends yeah, where yeah. Like IPAs were big and then yep. sours got big yep. and now it's the yep. doing doing yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, so I, I yeah. like I like to I like to maybe this is wishful thinking right but I like to think of the beer trend movement you know how it changes year to year yeah I like to think of that as 
like a macrocosm of what I already went through as a beer drinker, right? So I started drinking like whatever Blue Moon and and Lime right, yeah, Lime whatever, Coon, yeah, you know, when I was in high school, yeah. and you know, it's exactly the accessible yeah. like kind of craft beers, you know. Yeah. Like if you're ever a little kid and like maybe your dad gives you a sip of beer, if you just get your hands on one somehow, maybe like a Budweiser, but like mm-hmm. that's probably what you find. Right. Like, oh, this this isn't really. Because I remember yeah. having sips of beer, like my, my dad would yes. give me as like a five or six year old, and I was like, "That's disgusting! I hate that." <laughs> but then when you try a Blue Moon for the first time, like I, beer can taste like this. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So I started yeah. there, and then I worked into IPAs, and then mm-hmm. IPAs couldn't be big enough or hoppy enough. Right. For a while. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, and then Imperial Stouts couldn't be boozy and barrel aged enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then sour beers couldn't be sour enough <laughs> or oaky enough. And and then I oh, and then I more flavoring, right? Right. Yeah. And then I came yeah. back and then I came back down to earth and I said, dude, I just want a beer that I can just drink. <laughs> right, yeah. I just want a beer that I can drink two of, yeah. for God's sake. So <laughs> I try having two of them. I really one twenty minutes. Oh gosh, no. Right. And I really like to think that um, that's a microcosm of what's happening overall. Yeah. And that and that eventually people are gonna be like, Wow, you know what? I really just want what hollow points making? Yeah, right? yeah, right. Right. yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Drinkable beer. Yeah. Drinkable beer. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because I mean, in our in our minds, we are doing this in a way that makes us really, really, really proud. Right. And we have nothing to hide. And yeah. And everything we do, we stand behind one hundred percent. And so I think when people finally come around to realize that these are the kind of beers that they want to drink mm-hmm. we'll be there yeah. we'll be there waiting for them and they'll be yeah back. yeah well yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah so and if that never happens you will keep making it. yeah we'll keep yeah. making it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's uh it's pretty pretty clear that you guys are really passionate about this which is good to see uh for me like meeting two guys who are brewing beer as a very new brewery it's really nice to see how passionate you are about yes. beer and about like what you do as well uh, so that makes me excited for the future of Hollow Point. Absolutely. Thank Obviously, you. Obviously, you, well, to switch gears real quick. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have been drinking beer for a while. Yeah. You've had the passion for the taste and figure out what you want. What's, what's your, your backstory in brewing? Did you start out home brewing? I'm, I'm, I'm only guessing that you probably did. Uh, ever since home brewing kind of took off, whenever that was, like, 80s or 90s? Something like that, kind of. Yeah, we we started home brewing before yeah. we started drinking good beer. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I mean, before we were 21. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, I might have been Barely close. Enough. I might have been close. Um, yeah, but, you know, he, I think I was 16. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, 16. yeah. So yeah. also, are you guys from Nashville or are you from elsewhere? Well, we're from the St. Louis area originally. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and I've been here for five years. Tyler's been here for four and a half or so. And and I really yeah. think that that has a lot to do with pushing us, you know, because being in that beer scene, mm-hmm. there's so much available. And there are so many different, there are breweries doing German styles and there are breweries doing English, you know, like civil life in Germany, in in Germany, in St. Louis is doing uh, English style beers a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. And nobody's doing English style beers. Yeah. But you know, but that place is packed every night. So it's one of my, it was, it was one of my favorites. So just being, being, you know, Uh, which, which place in St. Louis? The Civil Life. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It's It's a brewery. Oh, it's a brewery. They, they just do amazing stuff that, that you wouldn't find in Nashville. So I think being, being in St. Louis pushed us a little bit. I think, is is Urban Chestnut from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They they started to do some, 
Yeah, well, but, uh, yeah, they, yeah. Have, I don't know. I know they do a couple of German style. Well, no, okay. big time. That's the uh, yeah. It's Vickle. It's Vickle is like their flagship beer. And, yeah, you know, it's, that's a pretty good beer as well. I, I lived pretty close to amazing beer, mm-hmm. Urban Chestnut, when I lived in St. Louis, and I was there really, really frequently. And I, I have to say, I don't think I thought about it at the. I don't think I really deliberately thought about this, but I, I think that that was an inspiration for me to see that it could be done. Right. You know yeah. that, that these types of that these types of beers not only can be done and and. Like in America, it could be done like in America. America. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Like but but, can also be yes, done but well. just sell like crazy. So that, that kind of gave you a little bit of inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for, for I think it, I think for sure it did. Um, absolutely, because I mean they're they're doing they're doing something that's really different from a lot of other breweries yeah. around, and um, and yet yeah. really familiar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. these, these yeah. beer styles are old. Yeah, yeah it's old, exactly. But, but it but it seems like a novelty in the states. Oh so, yeah, yeah, which is kind of. Unfortunate, really. We'll go across the well, we're, we're working on it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. work on it. Yeah, don't worry about it. We, we love Urban Chestnut a no, lot. Uh, yeah. uh, actually, I got married last month, and okay. uh, our little after party after the reception was at Urban Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. There you go. And your, and your wedding was at Schlafly. At the oh, Schlafly, really? yeah. So, oh, yeah. And yeah, so married at Schlafly. <laughs> yeah, which, um, which, was fun, which was some of the first crap beer I ever... I, I, I remember the first crap beer that I remember buying or having my dad buy for me. <laughs> uh, was the uh, Scotch Ale, and I just drank that yeah. over and over and over and over again. And so, um, yeah, I was drinking Schlafly far before. There are still some know. styles I can't, you know, like the oatmeal stout and the coffee stout. I yep. still can't find better examples than Schlafly's. Yeah, hmm. yeah, absolutely. Maybe they're, not, yeah. maybe they're not like the cool kids, you know. They there are a lot of <laughs> breweries in St. Louis that opened around 2011. Yeah, and they're like the yeah, cool, the you know what I mean. Schlafly's yeah, yeah. been around since 1991, but their beer is still tops. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so being around that environment in St. Louis, is, is that what kind of inspired you guys to start home brewing? Not, not really. Or, uh, I, I, think, I think our other brother, didn't he buy a kit or something? And then we just brewed that, like a, it was like an extract kit. And I don't remember how it happened. I just remember we had extract kit for some reason. Mm-hmm. And... Just a malt extract? Yeah, like a malt extract kit. And it, it was, was like, there was like, like directions that you follow. It yeah. was a, a Vine Stefaner Hefeweizen clone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. so for our listeners, yeah. uh, when we say malt extract, that's usually in liquid form, correct? It's already, yeah, it's like everything's a, been, been taken care of and processed, so it's in a liquid form, you just boil it. Boil it. Boil it. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. No need to, there's no need to go through converting the starch to sugar. You don't you need to. It's to, a sugary, syrupy goo. That's you need to put the, the grains in a mill, you don't need to, yeah. to do the. I mean, if you want to get, I mean, you could, you could do this with a, like a glass carboy fermenter and a, a, a pot, a big kettle. And like, that's Just really, take some of the equipment yeah. and start up expense first, out of it. Mm-hmm. First yeah. one we did was a, a, a malt extract. Right. Mr. Beer. I don't know if yeah. you yeah. Of course. And we did that and then we, we kind of graduated to, to some higher, small, like I think we only did yeah. one gallon at a time, but yeah. yeah. We, you know, and I think that if yeah. you do genu- genuinely enjoy homebrewing, you do graduate and you try to figure out how you can do things better and improve on clarity and, pl- and, and everything. And that's that's exactly the path that we took. You know, we started yeah. off here and we said, how can we do this better? And it required buying a bunch of stuff and, you know, more room and more time and all that stuff. And What was the, and, the jump between homebrewing to actual brewing? As far as, like, the production of the beer itself, what was... Did you have a sure. bunch of recipes in mind, or did you, did you have this one, like, the... Here's what it was. 
not going to college and not mm-hmm. having anything else to do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it, but it did seem like the natural answer. I feel like, what the hell am I going to do when, mm-hmm. I, when I get yeah. older? Yeah. Well, when I got when I got deep, deep, deep into home brewing, and I, that was all that I did. Uh, I actually took an internship at Four Hands Brewery in St. Louis, and so that's how I learned how to commercially brew beer and, okay. and learn the ropes on, on what this looks like. In a big yes, scale. exactly. And so, so that, and so when I did that, that's when my mind was made up that this is what I'm doing. And, yeah. and, um, so that's how it happened for me. And, uh, so that, that was the, that was the big, uh, kickstart for me. It was when I, when I did that and, and I, and I knew for certain that that right. was the path that I needed to take. Right. How yeah. long was the internship and what kind of things did they have you do? Uh, so it was, it was a, a two month internship and I was there every day and I was there eight plus hours a day. So mm. I had to do side work, you know, just to, you know, pay the bills and stuff you know, right. on the weekends and everything. And, um, so they, they started me off, uh, just cleaning kegs and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the fun work. yeah, just, you know, just, just graining, taking, taking, level yeah. taking the grain out of the mash tun and, you know, just doing stuff like that. And then, um, eventually they felt good about letting me letting do me stuff on my own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, and so they, they kind of cut me loose, um, towards the end there. And that, that felt really good to be trusted. And I didn't, you know, to, to be able to handle the, the, the system. So, I mean, I did, I did, I mean, there was not one job in the brewery that I didn't do. Right, and that includes bartending. I mean, I did, yeah, that, so I did that. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did. Every, I did everything. Yes, and so, um, so yeah. I mean, in a lot of it, I mean, honestly, br- being a brewer is probably eighty percent janitor. Yeah, you're just yeah. cleaning things and you're organizing things and making sure everything's where it needs to go and and. You know, you have to keep a clean, a clean place. Otherwise, bad things right, can happen. Yeah, so, very bad things. Yeah, can happen. Well, <laughs> yeah. The beer in the facilities. And then Tyler, Tyler had some brewing experience too in Chicago. You should tell him about that. Yeah, I yeah. When I moved up to Chicago, I got a, uh, a brewing internship with Lake Effect Brewing up there, and they're uh, they're growing all the time still. And I just saw today that they're releasing a barrel aged saison. Really? So, so they've really moved, they moved on from the kind of style. Yeah. Not huh. moved on. I'm sure they're still brewing them, but the kind of stuff we were doing back then was pretty basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also worked for a couple of years at an Andersonville Brewing Company and uh, was a full-time brewer there. And that was a five-barrel system, so pretty small, but it was, it was really cool to get in the brewing community in Chicago. And right. We did collaborations with other breweries and went to these like huge, shiny breweries and was like completely in awe and then I got yeah. to like fiddle with the valves at the same time so it was like huh. super cool that's pretty awesome um, and going to festivals and meeting all the brewers and all the different you know all the different owners and so it was just a lot of yeah. fun it yeah. was a, that was a super cool time very nice yeah um, so from your time um, since then when you guys got to Nashville mm-hmm. how long was it before you did start to like well, actually, let me ask you this question. Where do you guys brew currently? So, um, first of all, I just realized I'm talking way louder than Tyler. I hope that <laughs> just, <laughs> doesn't matter. I mean, I am like, I'm like yelling, I feel like, and I'm so, I apologize. Yeah, it'll be all right. So, um, uh, right now we are brewing at Blackstone. Okay. And uh, uh, Blackstone has a newer, a newer facility. Uh, it's a couple years old. 
um, on Clifton. It's uh, near the Vanderbilt Hospital, but on the other side of Charlotte Pike. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been there, you should go there because, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, it, 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 everything in there is brand new and shiny and just it's, it's top of the line. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. And their tap room is awesome. It's cozy. And, uh, yeah, you should just, you should check it out. And so that's, that's where, that's where our beer is, is made at the moment. Okay. Um, it took us a few years after moving here to realize that that was an option. And we were kind of trying to go about opening a brewery in a, in a different way that, that potentially could have lasted years longer than what it, what, what it did take. Um, because right, because raising money is really, really hard. Yeah. And so, yeah. What I would expect, like if, if we were, me and Jesse, if we were to start our own brewery, my mind would just think, all right, we need to buy a building. Yes. We need to buy all of the, That's what the we equipment. Yeah. So I, I would, it would have been interesting. And of course, and of yeah. course we do, but yeah, we've sort of the starting out, you're going you're to work your way out there. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, so what you just described is what we tried to do for for a while, you know, and and yeah. it kind of it, it kind of got there. It kind of got halfway there a couple of times, and then we had to get go back to square one, and it was a little discouraging. And and so then we came up with the idea just to talk to to Blackstone and yeah. just feel them out and see what they had to say about it. And and, and they were totally cool. Huh. And uh, it's been uh, a real pleasure, and it's been silky smooth, and the beer that comes out of there is just fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. um, so we, we went and had a meeting with them, and they yeah. said, "Yeah, we like your, we, yeah, we like you guys." Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then within a couple of days, we went to Bounty Bev, mm-hmm. and we said, "Here's what we're doing." Bounty is our distributor, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Bounty Bev. Yeah. Yeah. And Bounty Bev said. Let's do it. Yeah, and so good. next thing you know, we were firing up the kettle, man. Yeah. So, nice. I mean, it, you know, so we had the idea, we had this idea in June and by December 15th, we had beer like for sale. So this happened, wow. this happened really, really rapidly. That's bad as really I mean, really we had, I mean, it was, it was nonstop from June to December. I mean, it was crazy, busy, but super fun. And mostly yeah. with you know getting our our legality oh in order. Oh my god! We, we, we can't we, imagine all the things. Well, that's, uh, not, that's the stuff you wouldn't think about when uh, you're going about the process. Yeah, and that, and that's why Roger is so important because he's a, he's an MBA, and uh, he yeah, he understands. Oh, it's been it's been well. Let's put it this way: we wouldn't be where we're at right now without him knowing what he knows because right. because that's not where my talents lie at all with, yeah. with with paperwork and lawyers and all that stuff yeah and so that has been in immensely helpful and to the point to where we just wouldn't be talking to you right now if, if he didn't know if he didn't have yeah. his his talents and so wow. and, and in the meantime we're having a lot of fun just sort of yeah. making beer out of blackstone selling, oh yeah selling beer going to accounts with samples and yeah and building relationships and at the same time we're super excited to to meet our funding goal and get brick and mortar going yeah, right. because that's the, the because that's build out going and that's right, and that's next step. Yeah, you know, yeah. so so next step is get a few beers out there, show some sales numbers, climb out of the red a little bit, and right. and uh, and uh, yeah, try to get a building, and that's and that's I would say we're probably mm, this summer, this fall, probably gonna be seriously considering con- it. like yeah. seriously like 
seriously looking for um, some investments and stuff like that. Wow. And so, um, but in the meantime, we're selling we're selling a lot of beer and it's going well and it's really inspiring and and it's, yeah. and it's yeah. So so that's going to really help us when when it comes to actual time to write checks. That we're not just like we think we can sell this much beer, you've or got, we got we got the proof. Right. Yeah, it's, it's here. Yeah. This is what we're selling. So it's gonna be. So hopefully, yeah. it, it'll really help out in that way. So, yeah, yeah. I think with the, uh, I would say definitely growing craft beer scene in Nashville. I would say it's probably a good place for you guys to be. Absolutely, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely growing nationwide. Well, all over the place. Yeah, nationwide. Yeah, I, I would, us all being in Nashville, we definitely yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and so did so did we. Um, so, especially when when we first moved here, and there weren't as many breweries as there are now. Yeah. Um, there we there there's still a lot of room. I think. I think people will say that there's not a lot of room, but there's a there, lot there's a lot of room. There's always room. Especially when you come from a city like St. Louis that has a fraction of the population, and there's triple the amount of breweries. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, it, it can be done, and we feel like that there uh, we're doing something that's that's not even really competing with any other. With, right, you yeah, know, you guys are kind of in a separate category. Yeah, right? I mean, really. almost. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, one, the one brewery that I have to tip my cap to for doing really good classic styles is Nashville Brewing Company. Oh, yeah, really? Uh, but, but those guys are good friends of ours, and we consider this like a, a partnership in building mm. that, in building that uh, education. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? So, I feel like the more beer they sell, the more beer I sell, and I hope yes. they feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, truly don't feel um, competitive with the with the breweries that are doing the styles that we're that we're in love with. Right mm-hmm. now, we're laying foundations for this type of beer, and so is Nashville Brewing. Yeah, and their success is our success because more people find out about that hey this can be done and it can be done well yeah that it means nothing more it, it, so it just means that we can uh grow from there and people mm. will start f- figuring out for themselves that you know this isn't just one brewery just doing something different this is uh a movement so you if, know if you guys are listening and you haven't Am I allowed to talk directly oh, to them? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm going to talk directly to the listeners. Now. You guys heard it. If you haven't first. had Nashville Brewing Company before, you need to get out there and find it. Flying Saucer always has one of them. The Nashville Brewing Company Lager is a Hellas, and it's a delicious example of a Hellas. Um, but they also did a black lager over the winter for a seasonal. Uh, and if you go to the Blackstone Tap Room right now, within the next few days, you'll get their Rausch beer, which is a a traditional smoke beer. German smoked beer, yeah, and it's it's traditionally smoked with beechwood, and it's intensely smoky, but it's like also intensely delicious. Yeah, so yep. check out Nashville Brewing Company if you haven't yet. Those guys are making really good beer. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yep. I'll have to do that. I haven't actually had anything from them at all. I'll be sure to check it out. I'll definitely you, have to. You should if you if you like this, you'll like that. Let's yeah. put it that way, you know, because you you got the right idea you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also have Schloss beer here if you guys would like to taste that yes let uh, let, let us let us taste that now let's do it all right all right so we are trying your Schloss beer now or and it is a Dunkel style yeah it's Munich Dunkel Munich Dunkel, Dunkel. Dunkel. right uh, it's often confused with Dunkel Weizen mm-hmm. Dunkel Weizen yeah uh, this is a dark German lager Dunkel is just clearly it's just simply the word for dark yeah so mm-hmm. uh, 
It's not a wheat beer. As opposed to Helles, which is the word for light. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's, he took German in, in school. So I know some words. <laughs> so Munich Dunkel is, uh, you know, it's it's just a, a dark German lager, mm-hmm. and not in any way is there any wheat involved at all. Wow. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah, this this is so, nothing more than that. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you give us uh, the grist again or the, uh, the grain list again? Yeah. So this one is something like 96 or 7 percent munich malt okay again it's fireman german malted barley uh and the, the remainder is debittered uh carafa two from the same maltster which is a what is that it's a roasted, it's it's a roasted barley oh okay it's not a malt it's not a ba- malted barley it's they a don't malt barley. they don't malt it they remove the husk because the husk when roasted creates a lot of tannic uh sort of bitterness okay you know what we don't want that. So they take the husk off of it and then roast it, and then we use it. In, and it can, there still can be a little bit of roast involved, uh, but in the in the small amount that we use. Yeah, in that degree that we use, it's just not. It's yeah. not roasty. And a Munich Dunkel uh, should not be roasty. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, so we review lots of well, stouts and porters. So we the roasts when you get a roasty flavor, you. Yeah, definitely no, tell. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you'll find a, like an American-made Munich Dunkel that might be sort of smoky mm-hmm. or sort of coffee-ish, and yeah. th- those are roasted flavors that technically are um, uh, inappropriate for the style. Yeah, mm-hmm. are they still good beers most of the time? Yeah, yeah. probably are. Just not as, as a traditional. Traditional, yeah. I, like I said, like, you know. But are I, they good Dunkels? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> if they're roasty, <laughs> right? Cool. Yeah, something other than a Dunkel. Yep, that's right. So if we, if we, like I said, if we stack these up side by side, I, I stand, I can stand behind this one with all of my heart, and that, yeah. So that's that's for sure. Yeah. What we love about this beer and this style is that uh, that Munich malt gives it so much toast. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a lot of depth of flavor, but it's also a light bodied beer, and it's really easy drinking. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, not quite as easy as the Kolsch, but I mean, it's still, it's still way easy. easier than a porter or a stout. No, no or question like about that. that. Yeah. For you listeners, uh, the most e- like obvious difference between the two beers, if you're to hold them up side by side without tasting, is the color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about with the, the Kolsch, uh, it was very clear, mm-hmm. whereas this one, you can hold it up to a light and it's like, you can see through it. It's got a, it's a really, really nice brown, kind of almost purple brown. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's, it's definitely, in, you can see through it, but it's... it's in it's, the sunlight, it is certainly a, more of a red than... I mean, yeah, you can yeah. you can count your fingers right through it, but yeah, this it's a deep color. It's yeah. very clear. There's there's no... It's not hazy or chunky or anything like that. It's a very, very clear beer. Very, very yeah. filtered. And, yeah, yes, it's, it is filtered. Yep, all our beers are filtered. Um, and so... But yeah, it's definitely not black. And it, yeah, and, right, and, right. Yeah, so it's not going to be as dark as a stoutery. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, it's probably even more red than maybe some brown is that you probably would find. Yeah, yes, there's no a lot question. Of like scarlet red coming through the edges. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question. It's a beautiful beer. I like looking at it. <laughs> I tend to admire it pretty often. Uh, but tell them about tell them about like what's the flavor profile and how does it go down? Because you describe that better than I do. Yeah. Uh, so a Munich Dunkel has a distinct set of characteristics. It starts with toast, mm-hmm. and then there's a center. Right on the center of the palate, you get this nice caramel sweetness. Uh, in, the fresh, in the freshest examples, you can get mm-hmm. some, some like light chocolate. 
Hmm. Uh, it fades pretty quickly. Um, I really like drinking this one fresh. You get some like really hmm. nice chocolate. Hmm. Uh, and then it finishes super dry. Yeah. And that makes yes. it all the more drinkable. Yeah. It's not a heavy beer, it's not a sweet beer, but it does have that like nice center Munich juicy malt sort of sort of sweetness and then it finishes dry. Mm-hmm. That's right and it finishes quickly. So it doesn't yeah. have a lingering uh, flavor of, of anything and mm-hmm. then that's what I that's what I like in almost all beers. I don't want to be tasting it for, for five minutes, yeah, you know, I kind of, right. yeah, and so. But when you uh, have a good beer that tastes like that and it goes away, you're going for another Going for another yeah. yeah, you got you to drink more, yeah. Remember when I told you that I wasn't going to tell you what to taste? Well, I just, yeah, I just but, told but you. the way you described it, though, is exactly broke my rule. how it tastes. Should we give a little cheers and, and taste it? Yeah. So we can you got to remind me of the word. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, do you remember the magic word? I got it, I got it. All right, here we go. Shitty Cheers, guys. <laughs> Prost. Prost, yeah. Well, off the bat, yeah. I, can, uh, I can attest everything that you said. Um, definitely yeah. bready up front, and I am getting that caramel notes in there. Yeah, for sure. And it is, it is very brief, just like you said as well. Mm-hmm. Like, only for a, maybe a second you can taste that kind of a little bit different sweetness than the, uh, the breadiness of it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. the, the sweetness compared to the Kolsch is... Is very different. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's yeah, very Kolsch, different. It was the sweetness straight from the malts. Yep. Uh, it was a real crispness. Right. Where this one, I, I still say it's it's like crisp and yeah. clean, but not at all in any way like the Kolsch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this this is te- this is technically a dry a drier beer, but it ha- but that Munich malt gives it that mm-hmm. that sweetness. You know, like we talked about earlier with the Kolsch having you know a hot bitterness to sort of balance it out. This one has a little less bitterness. What's, so that what's the twenty three. Mm-hmm. Which which seems kind of weird, yeah. but yeah, uh, it, it balances it as you can tell really well. Yeah, I think and, so. And um, really with with any less, I I would think the perceived sweetness would be maybe too much. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so this, the, you know, with a little bit higher IBU, it, it really balances it out. And I mean, what, mm-hmm. with all of our stuff, I mean, we're we're trying to make this drinkable. We're, you know, we're not trying to slam. Anything well, in your every, face. everything that I brew, I say that it has to pass the leader test, and that is, can I sit down at the bar and have a leader and, sm- and slam a leader? Yeah. Not, I don't, I don't mean not chugging. Like chugging. I'm not <laughs> slamming a leader. Yeah. But, there, but can I drink a leader in a sitting? Between the beginning of yeah. the leader, that's important to me. That's yeah. Yeah. Your beer will yeah. warm up by the end of that leader. Yeah. If it's, when the beer is warmer, you, you definitely taste it a lot more. So if your beer can't hold up to it by the end of that leader, it might not be the best. Yeah. So yeah. the leader for sure. The, the leader test has two facets. When it's warm. Does it still taste good? <laughs> the same yeah. way. Yeah. And can you drink physically? Can you drink a liter of this beer? Yeah. Is it, or is it heavy and yeah. syrupy right. or yeah. too sweet or too bitter? And in in all of in all of our beers, we have to pass the liter test. That's a good. I thing. think it's a really good, good test to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not every beer can do that. Yeah, because no, for a sure. A lot of beers actually can. And you know, of course, like I said earlier, we're going to play around when we have when we have the brewery. We're doing our own thing. Of course, we can make an imperial stout and do whatever, do whatever else you want. Yeah, you know, yeah. and those beers won't pass the leader test, but our core no. beers will have to. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really like that though. Like, uh, I think it's a good place that you guys are starting out with, or with these two beers anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're glad you think so. And it's, it's amazing that you're passionate about it too. Yeah, which is super cool to hear. 
And I do want to say really quickly, um, I know for a fact that you can drink 10 of these beers. I <laughs> it's, it's been proven. Yeah. It's been proven. <laughs> <laughs> well, you maybe have, uh, you might have worked on your tolerance a bit more than so all of, core, all of our core beers have to pass the 160-ounce test. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on, on, when, we, when, we first, when we first released this beer, the first night we had the, the launch event at, at Smoker's Abbey in East Nashville, uh, we had our family in town and everything, and we were all in just incredible moods because we had finally gotten this thing that we'd been working so hard to get. Yeah. And I think I drank 10 or 11 beers that night, and so did you, and so did Dad, and so did Casey. And I it mean, was a, we, it, was it was a jovial a atmosphere. Oh, man. And then, <laughs> and then we had another event the following day at Jack Brown's, and we did it again. And so by the third day... So uh, when you finally saw the fruits of your labor, yeah. you partook in those we, fruits. We did. We did, man. We, we did not hold back, and it was... Uh, uh, like I said, I don't think I drank for a couple of weeks after that, but uh, yeah, but uh, it was it was it was well worth it. That was some of the honestly, truly one of the best. That was one of the best weekends of my entire life. So yeah, so, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Uh, Tyler, yeah. I noticed you when you gave the description of the beer. Um, I, I did go on your guys' website just to see everything I could find, yeah. and I did see that you are cert- certified as a cicerone. Yeah, um, is that? Basically, you're certified in tasting beers. Is that, is that all? What is what all does that encompass? So think of it as a sommelier for beer. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's for wine. That's for wine. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, and so it's a it's several it's it's knowing beer from several angles, tasting beer, identifying beer, tasting and identifying off flavors, uh, and one of the biggest aspects is pairing beer with food, hmm. which is why you know that's. For me, experiencing beer is better than drinking beer. Tasting beer is cool. I like the way that beer tastes. I like tasting beer. But experiencing a beer on the right afternoon in the right in the right beer garden with the right food, yeah. that's what makes me passionate mm-hmm. about beer. Huh. It's the whole experience. And food is a huge part for me of like experiencing beer. Because yeah. beer forever and ever is an expression of culture. Yeah. You know, it's it's go anywhere and drink the local beer and that's an expression of what their culture is, drinks, eats. Um, hmm. so pairing beer with food is probably the, the the part of being a Cicerone that gives me the the sort of different uh, the different perspective. Perspective. Maybe. And most I think that most brewers don't necessarily look at beer the same way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just in I'm just in love with like the whole experience mm. of enjoying yeah. a beer rather than just tasting a beer. Right, know, and, and I think that's where both of us fell in love with beer was in Germany, really, because you know we have had these these incredibly mem- memorable experiences with these new experiences where we are trying food, different food for the first time and different beers for the first time. And um, in a foreign place right. with people we love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's so, the same reason that everybody thinks that Yingling is the greatest beer. It's because they were on vacation mm-hmm. and they were having a good time and they have a association with Yingling. Right. And so then f- from then on, Yingling is, is a wonderful beer that they seek out. Now, Except for me, I grew up with Yingling. Now, you go to a bar and ask for a lager, you get a Yingling. Yeah. Do, do I enjoy drinking a bottle of Yingling? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do, but... But looking at it critically and disassociating those memories with the actual beer itself might... Uh, 
I think it enhances your your feeling about the beer. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I, I, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But yeah, I mean, it's been very. I think it, you know, for for me, it's it's been really valuable to have Tyler uh, work so hard to get that that, that certification. That certification How do you get certified? Um, well, you read a lot of books <laughs> and you make a lot of flashcards. Mm-hmm. I've been studying beer passively, studying beer, drinking beer, mm-hmm. reading. You know, you know, tasting beer and the basic beer books. Uh, and then it was about six months of like really aggressively studying and mm-hmm. and taking notes, making flashcards, and that was I, I set aside an hour every day yeah. to study for it, and um, mostly it was reading and and memorizing stuff. But mm-hmm. at the same time, every meal that I ate, I either paired a beer with it or I thought about what beer I would pair with it and yeah. why and so it just it, for a while it takes over your life just like yeah. you, just like passing the bar or anything else right yeah so it is a standardized test that you have to take yeah it's a test it's a it's a four hour exam which is there's a short answer written section and an essay section a tasting exam oh really yeah you taste beers I mean, I mean that makes sense right which off flavor if any is this mm-hmm. and that, that kind of thing yeah and then uh, there's a practical which is you're in a room by yourself with a video camera on you talking about a thing huh. yeah, pretty yeah, intense yeah wow. it, wow. it is in, uh, pretty intense yeah I I, I uh, need to maybe work on that at some point <laughs> you know but, you know, our brother just our brother just passed the advanced Cicerone which is uh, a step above in the program and a step below master Cicerone which are there are something yeah. in the teens of. Yeah. Wow. There, there, there aren't 20 of them. Our brother has. That's crazy. He, he, he He's is, one of 81 at this yeah, moment. Yeah, one of 81. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that in the country or in the world? In, in the, the world. world. Wow. Yeah, he's truly elite. That's impressive. Yeah, and so he he um, he lives down in Dallas. And I mean, if he. We, we, want him, we want him to be part of this someday because he's such a cool dude. And we he, he, he knows more about beer than, than anyone I know. Does he work? He, he doesn't, he does. you know, he doesn't get paid, but he's already part of it. I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. call him every day. Yeah, yeah, we do call yeah. him. He, he honestly, like, I'm not kidding. He really is uh, um, someone that I call when I have a, uh, a technical question about style. Or, yeah. And, and, and he always has the right answer. And so, um, yeah, he's really valuable to us. And, and so, I mean, I, I hope he can work, work with us someday. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he does work in the beer industry. He's uh, he works for um, a distributor down there, hmm. and um, called An- Andrews. And I'll be hanging out with him in a couple of weeks, and so I'm pretty excited cool. about that. But yeah, he yeah he's he's bad badass. Uh, yeah, less than ninety people. I mean, that's just. That is absolutely I mean, that's insane. just just to be able to say that would be yeah. you know I mean that would be I, so that's, cool. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'd be able to do that. Oh, I mean, that's dude. Just... I mean, you you have to give up so much. I mean, it's not like. It's it's not like just passing a hard class or something like that. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. Dedicate yourself. It is. It is. You know, and that's why there's so few people that have that is because people can't do it. You know, they don't have the time. They don't have the time in the the resources to into into tr- into fly to take the tests and stuff because you have to yeah. fly all over the world wow. or all over the country. I mean, yeah. Now that we're getting near the uh, the end of the episode, so a couple yeah. of questions that don't yeah. really have anything to do with beer. Yeah. Uh, but since we are a part music podcast, yeah. uh, will music ever have any aspect in your your 
brewing process or in your production or if you have a tap room? Will there be shows or something like that? Um, well, personally for me, and I know, for, and I know I can speak for Roger as well, but I mean, the guy that does our artwork for our labels is uh, a guy that used to do uh, artwork for our old bands, me and Roger's yeah. old band. Yeah. And so we we've got a, actually a pretty long relationship with this guy, and he does he does artwork for all types of different uh, bands, mostly metal bands. And um, mm-hmm. I did see the artwork for the Schlossbier. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. <laughs> that was him. It's got a pretty. I mean, it definitely has a pretty uh, dark kind of psychedelic yeah. sort of kind right. of surreal kind of look to it but you could also see how that could definitely be like a, a like a heavy metal band <laughs> yeah. right yeah. and then there, and that's totally that, that was 100% deliberate and that was uh, that's just why we chose that guy because we wanted I mean that's who we are he gives us that sort of like metal edge mm-hmm. with with a surreal sort of H.P. Lovecraft looking mm-hmm. sort of like <laughs> yeah but you know with the culture artwork I feel like he, he was a little confused when we told him we wanted like row houses with a boat he, he, he was like what he, he, he told Roger he's like he's like that's not really normally what I do but like, like so I think he's ready for us to get a little bit uh, yeah yeah a little bit so weirder the cool, the cool thing yeah. about our our Dunkel and Kolsch artwork is that he does that with paintbrush yeah on, really. on oil, on, oil on canvas yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. That yeah. it's, really it's really impressive. If you look at the details, you can see all the little splatters. You can see brush strokes and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Very cool. Yeah, so he, we can put pictures of those on our website for, for all you listeners to, to look at if you guys are, are cool with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So so for me, music you know, has always been a big part of my life, and it's always been a big part of Roger's life because we've been playing in bands together for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's our... That's, and it's just that's part of our, our image. Yeah, you know Absolutely. Artwork and, and yeah, and that is a big part to do with it too. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Metal, we're metal guys and yeah, we're <laughs> good artwork for people to look at the beard and say, "I want to try that." Yeah, but then you got the actual good beard, right? Yeah, you know, that that's exactly right. So it's not just a gimmick or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and so you know, I think when we have our own when we have our own tap room, it's probably going to come through in a, in a more in a more real way. And it's not just going to be label artwork, and I and um, but of course we're not trying to scare people away either. Like we're just saying, of course like, we're still going to yeah. have this long, <laughs> we're still going to have this long metal hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People would have to have actual paintings of the. the, the uh, yeah, yeah, no, one hundred percent. That is that is that is very very true. And we, you know, I've kind of got visions, and this may change when the time comes but I sort of have visions of like having some shows and stuff there at the yeah. brewery you know yeah. and uh, just just making making sure that we're like uh, welcoming to like bands that want to play in Nashville and we want to be the sponsor or be the host and just right. and that's kind of what we want to do instead of just saying oh yeah we live in Music City and you know we're music people it's like we want to like back it up you know yeah. and so, so honestly like I would say that it's a huge part of what we do, you yeah. know, and, and it's a huge inspiration for, for what we do. And, um, in, you well, know, we like that a lot. When music yeah, beer. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but yeah. I mean, yeah, but before, before I was brewing beer, man, I was playing in bands and, and listening to metal and, you know, uh, Both big metal heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's right. Right. I, I mean, I could, you know, go on, what are go on for your, your favorite bands, not, not just metal, but all, all over the place. Like what are, what are you, if you had like five or even just a couple handful of favorite bands, what would they be? 
Oh, wow. Judas so Priest. Know, Judas <laughs> Priest. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually going to see Judas Priest in Dallas, uh, where my brother lives, my other brother, uh, and at the end of the month. So nice. I'm going to be seeing Judas Priest for the third time. That'll be pretty cool. That'll be pretty awesome. So they're, they're big. They've been around for a long while. My, my fiance has a Judas Priest, like, Rib tattoo, um, yeah, on like the side. Okay, and so she's gonna get a rib tattoo. Yeah, 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 she's dead. Yeah, she's she's pretty dead serious about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, man. Uh, some of my, you know, I mean, uh, Carcass is probably one of my favorite metal bands of all time. I've never heard of it, but the name sounds pretty metal. Pretty metal, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And and they and they've done it all. They kind of they kind of started. they started a different way than they ended. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. their their first album, like in their second album, and their third album, and their fourth yeah, and fifth album, were all yeah. totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And so I that's that over yeah. And so that's sure. sort of what I like about them because like they you know they started off in there like sixteen or seventeen, <laughs> and they didn't know even how to play their instruments and stuff. And there's something really cool about that, you know. Yeah. And because I I did that too. I mean like when I started playing the drums. I totally winged it and we didn't even mic my bass drum for a while because like oh I couldn't God. play. And so, and so, and so I, I like, I like, I like them for a lot of reasons, but that's one of the big reasons why I like them. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And merciful fate, uh, another one of our favorite bands, um, uh, classic heavy metal. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard of them either. Have you heard of King Diamond? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. <laughs> Other than the real big names, metal's not my. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, yeah. it's 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 all. It, it, I know, know Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Some, of the, some of the big ones, but that's sure. Yeah, I grew up with like skate punk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, honestly, maybe after we can talk, but I I did too. Yeah. And so. God, we're gonna, that's when people turn the podcast off and we start talking about skate. <laughs> <laughs> start talking about skate punk. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. How about you, Tyler? Any favorite bands? You know, uh, I still have a soft spot for the old '90s grunge. That like, yeah, I, I had, for sure. My first album ever was uh, Frog Stomp from Silverchair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. And of oh. course, I had some Soundgarden. That kind of yeah. I still, I still Cornell, listen right. to those. Yeah. <laughs> Soundgarden. I, I really like Soundgarden. I only had their. Uh, one album with Spoonman on it. Um, uh, be down the episode? No. Super uh, Under? Super Under. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had some weird stuff with time signatures on a lot of those songs, and I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as far as like the grunge scene goes, we, we, we had a very recent episode where, we reviewed, where you reviewed um, uh, Jawbreakers. Dear you, I don't know if you're listening to too much of Jawbreaker, uh, but they're a band definitely worth checking out. Uh, yeah. They, had, uh, they toured with Nirvana a couple of times, and they, they had a, a lot of... They oh, weren't wow. a huge, huge band, but they, they had a, a really big underground following. Yeah. Definitely worth checking out. Wow. And they're still around? Is uh, that what you said? They said? took uh, a 22 year oh, <laughs> And they just recently, like this past year, did a couple of reunion shows. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, that's yeah, and then that's the kind of stuff that before before I knew what metal was. I guess that that was the stuff that I was listening to yeah. when I was a kid. But I I remember specifically, real quickly. Uh, I, I I promise to make this brief. But I remember <laughs> uh, specifically when metal became. When I when it when the light switch like you know yeah, turned exactly. on for me it turned on yeah my my uncle got for my tenth birthday got me uh, countdown to extinction by Megadeth mm. okay yeah and I remember listening to that I, mean, I had a CD it was the first CD I ever owned as well because I'd yeah. never I'd never had a CD player so I had to like so um, a good first CD. I had to bum a CD off a, a CD player from neighbors and stuff really um, yeah but I remember that album was like the the pivotal moment when I. And I haven't turned back. I mean, yeah, I mean you know, you, yeah. You knew. yeah. And so that that was 23 years ago, you know. And yeah. so and so, yeah, yeah. And I so, to say my first CD was Creed. 
you gotta see. Still you gotta see John's uh, vinyl collection. <laughs> yeah, it's out of oh, control. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I'm, awesome. It's an expensive hobby. It's, 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 yeah. I like we, we both like vinyl a lot. But it yeah. depends on what you like. You can find some for fifty cents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's very true. Record stores where you can find some some real gems. But if you're if you're getting new stuff, it's not. Well, yeah. it's, it's not only it's not necessarily just new stuff, but some of this old stuff like. Well, yeah, you can buy it. You can buy a fifty cent record, but the problem with fifty cent record is it probably isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. and so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no question. I mean, so yeah, collecting records is is a very expensive hobby, and I'm ready to um, one day be able to uh, afford it a little bit better, maybe. And right. Because yeah. like right now, yeah. it's like you know when you buy a record, that's like a, a financial decision. Yeah. And, and so uh, for us, beer and music yeah, are our top. That's exactly right. So, like every time you drink a beer, or every time you buy a record, like y- you know, you got to weigh that out. And so it is kind of hard. But you know, I've been doing it for my whole life, and so I guess uh, you know, yeah. It, yeah. And so I yeah. just give up <laughs> personal relationships and <laughs> yeah, financial responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that's right. Yeah, being, being financially responsible is for uh, you know boring people. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Uh, thank you guys so much for agreeing to come meet with us. Oh man, it's been yeah. it's been 100 our pleasure. Maybe it's been a lot a lot of fun. Yeah. In fact, I wish we would have just done a whole thing about music now. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, we just gotta get a little bit in there. Yeah, yeah. Next time on yeah. Bruising yeah. Two. Yeah. Next time, yeah, yeah. We'll have a part two sometime. Next yeah. time, well, we're gonna uh, go over to John's house and we're gonna look at his record collection <laughs> and he's gonna go. He's gonna tell us how much money he spent on uh, each one. Once <laughs> well, you guys have a couple more beer releases, that, that could always call for a part two. Absolutely. Look out for uh, early May. Look out for the my box. It'll be at Pharmacy uh, early May. We're going to launch that. If you guys want to look out for uh, social media cues, it'll be launched with a uh, firkin tapping, actually. So we're going to have a traditionally cast-conditioned beer. And it's going to be unfiltered. And so it's the only way you're going to be able to try the Maybach unfiltered because we're going to grab it before it's uh it's, it's before the filtering process and we'll we are set that aside for, for we're going to set it aside and in in uh in uh prime it with with a little bit of sugar and let it carbonate naturally in, in the cask yeah. and so at, at the pharmacy we're going to yeah pop it with a hammer and and oh, like yeah. like it like, like so Very it's gonna cool. be it's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool experience we'll definitely and, have to look out for that yeah i mean honestly like i I don't know. I think that's gonna, that might be like the the coolest thing we've done to date, and like yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they yep, yep. Uh, for all of our listeners, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Instagram, of course. Um, our Twitter is not very good right now. I don't know if anybody even does the Twitter, unfortunately. I mean, um, still someplace popular, maybe waning a little bit, but Instagram is going strong. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's Instagram. So is that, that that's probably the best place to find you guys? Yeah, it's hollow, hollow Point, P-O-I-N-T-E. Yeah. Brewery. Not brewing, but brewery. brewery okay. And, hollow Point with a neat brewery. Yeah, and that's on Instagram. Same thing with Facebook, and we are uh, com. And um, that will basically there's a there's links on there to show you where our current right. tappings are. Okay, yeah. And so you'll be able to follow us um, where where to find our stuff on the on our actual website. And that'll be yeah. up, as up to date as, as yeah, you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also untapped, of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll give one you of our favorite apps. Yeah, yeah that'll give, sure. that, and that'll give you. A, I mean, that that's how I find out where our beers are on tap. Honestly, like because yeah. our reps go out there, they and sell it. Yeah, and they sell yeah. it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know we were on it. You know, 
tavern in Midtown or whatever. Right, or, yeah. yeah. But if and, you give it a bad rating, we will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. please don't do that. If you if you have a bad rating, just keep or it to yourself. or if you have a bad rating, tell us why. That's a good. That's the thing that drives me crazy. Point. You know, like yeah. it's like Most of the time bad yeah. rating is like it's bad. Well, or or they don't say anything at all. One star, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so constructive criticism, I, I have, I am so, yep. so cool with. And uh, but anyway, so that's how that's how you find us online. And other than that, um, I think that's like I said, Twitter. I mean, I think we have a Twitter, but gee, many Christmas, right? But yeah, yeah, Instagram, Instagram. I would say is probably our 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 most updated. Uh, but Facebook also isn't bad. I, I would okay. say Facebook's also okay. a, a fair, a, you know, that's, that's pretty good too. But, but the website, uh, we, we try to do a really good job at updating where each beer is. Yeah. So we try to update that pretty, pretty frequently. Very cool. Uh, so once again, we have John and Tyler here from Hollow Point Brewery right here in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you are in Nashville, definitely get one of their beers because they are both fantastic. I have absolutely no complaints. You mean both of us or both the beers? <laughs> both. <laughs> both. Of both. both. <laughs> yeah. I meant to say a handful. Yeah. Yeah. definitely meant both of those. And then soon to be a third one. And I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if this will My be box. released within the month or within a few weeks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so hopefully you, you when you're, you, by the time you hear this, you're the, you'll, you'll be able to catch the keep pharmacy tapping because that's going to be cool. Uh, for an event or keep an eye on uh, pharmacy's Facebook. Yeah. Either way, we're gonna yep. we're gonna we'll tap sure a cask. We're gonna yeah. tap a cask that nobody will ever get a chance to taste ever again. Yeah, one and done. We're gonna have yeah. to. You heard, it, you heard it first. That's the only time you'll be able to taste it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in Nashville, I'm sorry. Sorry. Unless you want to make the trip down. It's worth the trip. We we will mail you some for a I modest would, fee. Yeah, I would say like two <laughs> two hundred bucks maybe. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Yeah, that that would make it worth it to me to yeah. go to the post office. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, Tyler, John, thank you guys so much for coming down. Absolutely. It's our pleasure, coming out guys. To the Flying Saucer, which is where we are right now. Um, this has been American Brews and Tunes. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Rock Cheers. on. <laughs> Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity beam a